Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Sarah. This is Kat. And welcome to Books and Bevies. Correct this time. Correct. We did it. Um, how are you? How's it going? Do you have a bevy? I have a nice cup of coffee. Mm. Mm. We should honestly change the name of the podcast to Books and Coffee. <laughs> like, I know. The answer is always coffee. I, um, so... <laughs> I got, I got too excited and then my brain jumbled. Uh, you know the chai vanilla frappes from McDonald's? hmm Okay. So that with a shot of espresso is so good. I have a slight problem now. You should get, um, you should try a dirty chai from Starbucks. I do like a dirty chai. I am a big fan, however, of Nordstrom chai lattes. Ooh. Like significantly, I was annoying about them because I would tell everyone. You? Annoying? Who would have thought? Not me, ever. Well, my bevy is also coffee. Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) What's you drinking? (laughs) Yum. A dirty chai or just a just a coffee? Just a coffee. I'm still on my um turmeric and cinnamon bullshit. Mm. Very delicious. Because I'm going to be a full-time student, I have to budget accordingly and stop getting Starbucks every week. So but it's okay. I know how to yes. make good coffee. I did work at Starbucks for a while, so <laughs> Student life is definitely a a transition, especially when you go from working to student life and you're like, no. Yeah, it's it's definitely um a learning curve for me because I just like work a lot. Um, so it's definitely gonna be weird for me, A, not working and B, not like necessarily being able to like control my income. Cause usually if I'm like, oh, I wanna like save for something, I'm just gonna get like a little side hustle. And like, just you've work. been working since you were like 15. Yeah. 16. 16. I'm trying to think of when we did the paper route. I wouldn't classify that as working. <laughs> yeah, but it, technically, you're still getting paid. So, I, was, I mean, my first paper route was when I was like 10. Yeah. So, you've been working forever. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll definitely be a bit of a transition, I think, but. Yeah. So it's just going to be like a little bit more budgeting and like a little bit more, but you know, it is what it is. I'm sure I'm, I'm like, I'm way more excited about going to school. So like, I'm willing to like make sacrifices. Um, do you have a reason for drinking? Um, not particularly we're, uh, recruitment. I'm not saying like it's over. It's the application process for Toronto, Vancouver and Calgary are done now. And uh, the interviews for who wants to talk to you came out for Toronto today. And I got some. Nice. So I'm happy about that. Are they ones you wanted? Yep. Nice. Proud of you. Thank you. But it's only like round one. Um, So it's like a 15 minute conversation to see if they like want to meet you. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it would be really harsh within 15 minutes if someone's like, oh, just kidding. (laughs) Um, I am very excited for you and very proud of you. However, I'm going to come up with a better reason for you. However. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, a puppy. uh, Yes. To be fair, Zuko is not my puppy. He's Jared's puppy. Um, but yes, we now have a red tick beagle in our home. Um, he is adorable and perfect. Very vocal. Aww. And I love vocal animals. I know that's like a hot take. But I like they can definitely be annoying after after a certain point. But I just think they're so cute. Like they're so they've they've got so much more personality, you know. Yeah, I feel like obviously we're not actually having a conversation, but like I feel like it's almost like a conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, um, he is a baby. I think he's about nine weeks now. Um, I love him. More I do too, and I live across anything. the country, so it's very <laughs> it's very hard for me over here. Yes, I'm very sad that I'm leaving in a few weeks. Um, I've told Katrina multiple times that this means that I'm going to visit Jared before I ever visit her again, and I I don't blame you at all, especially he's because he's a puppy. He's a baby puppy, and he's so good. He he learned how to sit so quickly. But now, because he's so young, I don't think he, like, fully understands that we have to tell him to sit. Oh. <laughs> so sometimes if he just wants something, he'll, like, come up to you and sit down. And you're like, honey, <laughs> I didn't say anything. But it was so cute the other day. Uh, I forget what we were saying, but basically in conversation, Jared said the word sit, <laughs> not to Zuko. <laughs> And he's just like a meter away and sits down. And we're like, that's not for you. Obviously, we had to give him a treat though, because that was perfect. Obviously. Also, I'm not sure if it was like ever explicitly said on the podcast, but I feel like Jared comes up enough that maybe for those of you listening who are confused, that is Katrina's partner. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think it was ever like explicitly talked about and we just always talk about jared and now jared's puppy and now that jared has a puppy i feel like he's going to come up more in conversation so 
because we're going to be talking yes. about Zuko all the time and they're going to be like, who's Zuko? And it's like, yeah, yeah, just just yes. so that Zuko is the puppy. Jared is my boyfriend. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm very jealous. I feel like a parent. <laughs> hmm. Puppies are hard, especially like not the first little bit, but when they like I think it's like maybe six months to a year, depending on the breed. But like when they get to that point where they're just like fucking crazy, like. Yeah, you can uh, like his personality is already coming out because before he's like just playing a little like he's learning how to play like a few days ago. He had like his first intense zoomies and he was speed running like through the garden grabbing his toys running like knocking down rocks I was like are you okay because he's not very big too so I'm like the bushes will hurt you (laughs) he was having a time and then he slept for like four hours because he's so tired oh that's hilarious it was very cute But yeah, what about you? Um, I am drinking because of very much the opposite reason. Um, my gecko died. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it was really sad. I like, I mean, he was definitely, it was his time. He was very old. My gecko also um had something called Enigma syndrome, which shortens their life expectancy by a lot. Cause usually geckos live. Um, well leopard geckos live like 15 to 20 years roughly Um, but if you have enigma syndrome you can live like six to ten years and snoop made it until 12 years old it's because he had the perfect life with you he was very spoiled and very loved and like i i um because he was like you know he was a little dumb and he had like a very vacant expression but he was just so cute especially for like a lizard i feel like you don't necessarily always think lizards are cute, but he just like always looked like he had a smile on his face and he was just like the definition of no thoughts, just vibes. Um, but yeah, like towards the end, he was really struggling to eat and he wasn't like with Enigma syndrome, like they have like they're they're really skinny and they have a lot of like mobility issues so he was like really struggling there and like every time I would feed him like he wouldn't like I would have to like hold his little tiny food dish like up so that he could like get at it and he would often like miss like he just couldn't he was having a hard time but yeah I plan on um I'm gonna bury him on a beach my secret beach that I have on this island um and I'm gonna plant a tree of some some sort I don't know what yet and um my friend Emma actually she drew like these really cool like whale pictures and like sea life pictures but like on the back of shells which I never thought of like that's such a cool idea so I'm gonna do that and then I'm gonna like turn it into an ornament and like hang it on the tree and my friend Erica said she's gonna write Snoop a poem so I'm gonna write that on an ornament and like hang it on the tree he was so loved for a lizard you know like that sounds beautiful yeah so like he he did have a good run and he did have a good life but yeah it was really sad because like I think I'm pretty sure he passed away when I was like on vacation so it was it was really shitty to get back to 
And then, yeah, my, my boss ended up telling me anyways that I had like the day off and it was like, that's a good thing. Cause I, I would have needed the day off because <laughs> I was a wreck all day. Rightfully so. Yeah. Even if they're like easy pets, it's still so tough to lose a pet. And then I like rearranged my bedroom because like it felt it felt wrong, like the way it was set up because it was kind of set up. So like Snoop's tank could be close to like all of the outlets and stuff like that so that I could plug in all of his things. And I was like, no, it feels wrong having like my room arranged for him when he's like not here. And yeah, yeah. But that's life. And he lived a good one. He did live a long one. And then, yeah, other than that, just to like try to put some po- a positive spin on life, I'm going to be um, going to school full time starting in November. So that out, which is like a lot of work right now. But it, you know, when I'm actually able to, you know, take a second to relax um, and like just do school instead of school two jobs and a podcast um I will be happy (laughs) yeah that's gonna be so much fun I think Mm -hmm. um yeah do you want to introduce the book because it was your pick this week yeah uh so this week we are talking about 1984 by George Orwell it is a book that I read I think in 10th grade and I remembered like the ideas behind it, but I didn't actually remember what happened. So I wanted to reread it. And then because Sarah had never read it, I was like, "Ooh, perfect. Read for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's definitely a it was a it was definitely a jump in reading level from <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one of the creepier books that we've read mm-hmm yeah Anyways, it's unsettling yeah yeah. There we go. yeah I um yeah I mean I guess let's just get into like the spoiler free stuff um yeah I guess spoiler free parts the term big brother is from this book like this is the book that started that term which I think is really interesting because I I hear the term big brother a lot. I knew mm. it was in this book. I didn't actually know it was from this book though. I didn't know that either. I'm going to be honest, spoiler free. This book was difficult for me because I did not a lot enough time. And I feel like this is one of those books, like, like with most kind of classic literature, it takes, like you really have to think about it when you're reading and I feel like a lot of classic books are always better the second time you read them. Like that, that was how I felt with like Pride and Prejudice. Um, and while I was reading this book, I kind of realized, like I've, I mean, I know you didn't like English class. I've always really liked English class. But when I was reading this book, like just for funsies, I realized there really is a reason that English classes are like structured in the way that they are when reading classic books because it like they're not lying there is like a lot of symbolism it is harder to read like it would have been a lot easier for me if I was like taking it a bit slower and like writing down 
things and like trying to focus on like the themes and the imagery and stuff like that which I did not do um (laughs) so I I do want to reread this book and I feel like it'll be like I feel like a lot more will stick with me the second time around because I'm not gonna lie to you like I feel like my head was empty a lot of the time when reading this book yeah I definitely feel like this is a I enjoyed reading it a second time I enjoyed reading it as an adult yeah and not being forced to read it for school also helped. <laughs> uh, you know, I have a gripe with the uh, English class. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I guess another like spoiler free thing to say is like, this is technically also because I feel like I didn't understand a lot of the book. I did do some like light Googling about this book because I was lost sometimes. Um, but a really cool thing about this book is that it's like technically a dystopian novel, but it's a dystopian novel that like takes place in the past. So I found I found that really interesting to read because like I feel like that's going to be something that people think about like the Hunger Games and like Divergent and uh, like all of the dystopian books that we read as kids. Like those all take place in the future, but eventually the future will come. And they will be taking place in the past, like yeah, because like it, it's interesting that it was like published as a future dystopia, but for us, this is years and years in the past now. Ah, uh, like this is uh, not fantasy at all. <laughs> we branched out. Um, it's it's just it's a creepy book. Because it follows a very normal person mm-hmm. in an yes, an abnormal setting, but not outrageously abnormal, which is what makes it creepy. Mm-hmm. I also know that this book is like loosely based off of like Nazi Germany. Because I think the author, because again, I was having a I was having a hard time reading this book so I did rely like very heavily on research to understand some of the things that were going on like I understood what was going on but I I just feel like I got confused at a lot of points um but I remember reading like the beginning of the book and I kind of was like I wonder if this is like supposed to be about the Nazis and then I googled it and I was right so I felt smart even though I was lost so pat myself on the back for like what little um smart thoughts I had while reading this book (laughs) because there weren't many but yeah basically the point like the story is just about government control Mm -hmm. um and I think uh it's about the practice of oligarchical collectivism Mm -hmm. interesting cool I mean I really don't have a whole I'm not I don't have a whole lot to say about this book I'm not gonna lie I'm scared that this is gonna be like a really short episode but like this can be a you you go I will because like I very early on in the book especially because I gave myself like three days to read it I it was rushed so yeah this is a this is more of like a thinking book um not a power reading book yeah so I feel like this is one of those books that I'm going to like read on the side like a little bit more slowly because 
yeah, it, I, it wasn't smart of me, but like, I looked at the book and like my physical copy is quite short. So I was like, oh, it's like a, a nice, short, easy read. That'll be fun. And then I started the book and I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. I yeah. right up. The, the reading level was a drastic change from our young adult <laughs> Sarah J. Mass fantasy. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's on me. I was stupid about it. So I don't really have like super strong opinions on this book, but I did like it. Do you have like an overall rating? I really like this book. I think it's it's interesting because the past in the book is set uh, with like a capitalist society. Mm-hmm. And it basically explains how like that was bad and then the way the government runs things now in this book is good um so just because we do live in a capitalist society at least we do maybe not everywhere but um <laughs> yeah I was like I'm saying this isn't like a really holistic statement <laughs> I was like that's actually not true probably <laughs> um it's like it's just realistic but also outrageously not realistic at the same time. Um, Yeah, maybe like a 9.5. It's so well written. Yeah, no, my rating, it's definitely going to be, it's going to be quite a bit lower. Not like quite a bit. It's still, it's still like a good rating and a good book. And my rating kind of comes from the fact that like I fucked up. And like I said, I didn't give give myself enough time to read it. I want to reread it with time and like adjust my rating because I feel like this book could also be a 9.5 for me. But because I read it so rushed, I just didn't enjoy it as much because I felt like I was not thinking as hard. Like, did you, how did you feel about it when you first read it, actually? I did want to ask you that. Like, wh- like, what do you think? high school Katrina would have rated this book (laughs) well I think I was not a fan not of the book but of English class in general so everything that we did I did not really like but like this book did stick with me for I don't even know how many years later it is and it's like it's a wildly popular like quotable term big brother orwellian like people say these things so like it had a major impact on mm-hmm. society as a whole um I, I honestly don't know what i thought in the 10th grade probably did not realize how creepy it was mm-hmm. but because i was looking at like the imagery and the themes and things like that but i'm just looking now and it's like a political fiction I don't think political fiction is <laughs> my number one in the 10th grade. <laughs> so it probably increased mm-hmm. now more so than it did back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm going to give it like an 8.5. Fair enough. Like it's a really, really good book, but I feel like there's just so much that I missed. Like I just, I just, I know this about myself. Like I just feel like, especially because like it is a creepy book and that's right up my alley not so much like the political fiction aspect but like the fact that it's really dark and the fact that it's really like this is just 
such a Sarah book, kind of like conspiracy theory vibe. Like, you know, I love a good conspiracy theory, like, but I, it's my fault. (laughs) It's my fault that I didn't love this book as much as I should. Fair enough. But I still did really, really like it. Anyways, are you ready to like kind of get into the spoilers? Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Um, an- another thing that I recognized, but I don't know from where. So it must just be like another very quotable thing from this book. But uh, the main like slogan that says war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. I really recognized that for some reason, even though I never read this book. Like it must have come up somewhere in the media for me. It is such like a dark slogan and I love the fact because like obviously on a surface level you can understand the slogan but the book there's a book within the book like the uh, whatever the theory and practice of oligarchical collectivism bookception bookception so yeah it's a book within that book or in this book how many times can I say book right now um and they basically explain the slogan like line by line and that I loved where I was like "Mm, it's so dark I feel like with this book especially there's a lot of like really dark things but unfortunately, you can like really tie to today's society, which is like super upsetting, like the level of like kind of like brainwashing, obviously. But I think in today's society, it doesn't necessarily come from the government. A lot of times it can come from the media. Like that was kind of a parallel that I drew with like personally, I was thinking about like Andrew Tate, you know, that guy. And I was thinking about how like Andrew Tate has a huge platform and he's like brainwashing a lot of like teenage boys. And we're seeing the repercussions of that right now. I just kind of drew some parallels between 1984 and today's society, not to like the same extreme by any means. Like we're obviously, you know, not nearly Mm -hmm. as controlled, but. But like the the idea that like Big Brother is always watching, it's it's true. Like, what in your life do you do that is not electronically captured and recorded and followed? Mm-hmm. Everything, everything, everything I do everything. is yeah. That's and like that's one of the reasons why I feel like there was an argument when um, COVID vaccines were happening and people were like oh they're microchipping us so that they can like track us and I was like they already do like no (laughs) one is actually living off the grid anymore even if they want to if you like have a job own a vehicle own any electronic device own a like if you have a bank card if you have a credit card anything (laughs) this episode is really turning into like doom and gloom (laughs) (laughs) big brother is watching (laughs) but it's just like the difference is that our governments don't care as much like they care if they find out that like if someone's a criminal then they're like oh we have all of these resources to track them down 
However, I don't think that there's government officials watching or listening to this podcast being like, oh, we got to keep an eye on the shit that they're saying. They they would like listen to one episode and be like, ah, clearly these two people are idiots. So we don't need to worry about them. You know what I mean? It's very different, but like there are parallels. I don't want it to be too doom and gloom here. I do like that. Speaking of like our governments in comparison to this book, they do make it really clear that the difference between like the government control in or like the political party control in 1984 is that they're not doing it to help others like their goal is not to like distribute wealth and just be organized and stuff like that they're like no no we're doing this just to be in power yeah and And like the whole um (laughs) I found the like language stuff very interesting in this book and how like they're essentially shortening every aspect of the language and like there's this one part where the guy is like did you know that we are the only language that is actually consistently getting shorter well where like every other language is like expanding and I found that like interesting I would hate that um but like I, I found it interesting that it was like a way of controlling the people's thoughts. Cause I think it, what was it called? Like free, free think or something like that, that they don't want you to do. Yeah. They were like stopping thought crimes. Yeah. Thought crimes. That's what it was. And like, they didn't want you to think freely and you had yeah, to like limiting portray. the words you can express yourself in. Yeah. And you can like, you can't portray or like convey cer- certain emotions because then they know that you're like thinking for yourself yeah and that's not good for the power of the and that's not good for the power so eventually with this new language that they're creating as kids like learn in this language they will stop like it's basically just cutting off freedom of thought at the source yeah, that, that was so interesting because reading this book, you're like, I wonder how you can possibly do something like this. And then as you read through it, you're like, oh, I see how you did it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I also kind of drew a parallel to, um, if you guys have been listening to the book talks, I've been reading um, Seven Fallen Feathers and I ca- kind of um, drew a parallel with that between like residential schools because they cut off their language and their certain level of like freedom of thought and their you know things like that and I was like like yeah just like a lot of parallels like I feel like 1984 is like the extreme and like harshest version but like yeah I mean it has happened in the past like it's not like obviously these ideas came from somewhere in George Orwell's mind yeah, it is um, <laughs> creepy. <laughs> what did you think of Julia and O'Brien? Did you think they were good people? <sighs> Again, not a lot of thoughts. Um, not really. I didn't. I, I don't mean good people as in like the philosophical version. I mean, like, were they bad guys? <laughs> We're on Winston's side. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I kind of thought, I thought Julia was going to end up being a bad guy just because I feel like I was 
thinking about like tropes and I was thinking like ooh betrayal and like stuff like that <laughs> I didn't really I didn't have a strong opinion on O'Brien really I kind of just didn't love his character from the beginning I honestly feel thought he was a good person like really I I thought he believed what Winston believed and like obviously I've read this before but even Mm -hmm. reading it a second time I'm like no like I want him to be on Winston's side and when you find out that like O'Brien is the one that turns Winston in and like basically tortures him yeah um I was a bit surprised I'm not gonna lie Mm -hmm. I also did get like kind of confused between the characters sometimes like I feel like all of the men kind of blurred at some point to me reading this book for the first time like I didn't really have really clear except for Winston obviously but like (laughs) Julia was like the only one who like really stood out for me as a character the rest of them were just kind of like not not anything special not anything special really I guess that's kind of the point though yeah that's the thing it's like I kind of anticipated almost everyone being against Winston yeah and like I just like like, the the fact that like all the characters were blending together for you Mm -hmm. I feel like that because there's no free will or free thought or free anything maybe that was like the actual intention maybe maybe I just understood the book so much (laughs) you were just there on a deeper level dude (laughs) but no yeah I just kind of like in this setting especially because like O'Brien was really portraying the fact that he was on Winston's side. To me, that was like almost more of a red flag. Because I feel like if you really wanted, because like the way Winston was thinking about his thoughts when he was like going against Big Brother and he was like, I can't fucking do anything. Like I can't, I have to make sure that I am like on my shit. Like I cannot step one toe out of line and the fact that O'Brien was kind of like an initiator for Mm. Winston to like do that I was like that's kind of a red flag because if you were really a free thinker wouldn't you be afraid like Winston is you know there's a level of fear there that I just didn't get from him like I would be shitting my pants especially like as you know what happens to the people who free think especially like as the book progresses and like they get fucking tortured and shit like yeah and like Winston knew it kind of like I don't think he knew the extent but like he definitely knew what happened to people so he was afraid there's no way that you would just like have these thoughts and be like I'm gonna be fine like no <laughs> yeah I- I'm not gonna lie it is a bit hard to read the ending of this book because it uh, it does go into a bit of detail the torture that Winston goes through so it's not exactly like a light pleasant read actually you know what's so funny (laughs) I was at the beach the other day and when I was reading this book and a girl like walked past me stopped and was like are you reading 1984 on the beach and I was like yes and she's like what a light read yeah it's like amazing 
It's definitely not a light read. So that is like, again, my fault. Um, Whimsical and breezy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of war. So <laughs> that's your favorite. Favorite. You should have so loved I sh- this. It should book. be a ten out of ten <laughs> for me. <laughs> I feel like we're skipping a lot of things in the middle because I'm kind of like jumping to the end a little bit. But I guess like all of Julianne Winston's relationship in the middle, mm-hmm. the place where Winston works. It's the week of hate, <laughs> or oh, the month dude. of hate the day of hate i think it was the hate that they did daily oh, okay there we go and then i think there was also a week like a special week like a, yeah like a special week-long celebration but i'm pretty sure they did it daily because i remember he was like i'm gonna get this done before the hate and then i'm gonna do the hate and then i'm gonna finish my job and like yeah yeah and the telescreens those basically you could never turn them off they were everywhere and you could not turn it off you could just set it at like a lower volume i mean i think that's also like a parallel um in today's society with how like media is what actually like can control a lot of people yeah like you can't actually shut it off Mm -hmm. it's always there especially in like today's society like i am very guilty i scroll through tiktok for hours every week sometimes every day there's a lot of TikToks. Katrina knows. I send her a lot. I know. It's but it's just, just like so funny when I wake up because I'm three hours later than you. <laughs> and Sarah's awake before and then sends me like 30 TikToks. And I was like, one, how are you awake? Two, what are you doing? <laughs> but you know what? They're high quality. So I appreciate them. Yeah. But it's Reminds like imagine the Tumblr if- days. <clears throat> oh yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> we don't talk about that here. Uh but yeah, like the difference is is like my content that I watch is very like different from some people's. Like mine is just very like fun and breezy, and most of the time it's like book recommendations and stuff like that. There's like some people like like I watch influencers and like it's literally in the name they influence people to like buy certain things or do certain things or subscribe to certain things so it's just like mm. yeah this is like of all the books we've read this is the book that made me think the most where like I know I know this is not a reflection of today's society exactly but it just made me think of the things that I do a little bit more whereas like you know Selena battling (laughs) (laughs) being did not make me think of much yeah it's ironic because I feel like this is one of the more like it it, I'm you okay (laughs) I'm like I was about to make a statement and then I was like, I was panicking and trying to think of like literally every book we've ever read for the podcast. Um, But I'm like 99% sure that this is definitely like the most complex book that we have read for the podcast to date. Um, And it's definitely the most like, it's probably the hardest read. At least I think it was for me. 
I think it's and also I feel difficult. like we have the least to say about it. Like, I feel <laughs> like we have been able to talk for like three hours about Selena and her battles, but like this incredibly well written and like so well known and like complex book that we've read. And we're like, yeah, they're, yeah, it's freaked up. There's something about. like I know I've said it so many times but it's just so unsettling this book that I don't I don't even know really what to say about it other than like it makes you a bit uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it's not a it's not a happy book by any means yeah that's the other thing I wanted to say like um I feel like with a lot of books you kind of anticipate a happy ending were you Spoiler anticipating alert. a happy ending? Um, maybe not like a happy ending, but like at least a medium ending. Like I just don't know. I expected there to be a twist, but every twist that we had, things just got worse. <laughs> like <laughs> it wasn't like like I expected there to be at least something better, or I don't know. Maybe Winston and Julia would like run away somewhere. Like a silver lining to this something, dark story. Anything like any tiny little thing to make this book happy but then they just like I guess Winston like betrays her and he ends up loving big brother and I guess we don't really know from her perspective I can't really tell what she I think I like she obviously betrays Winston too but I'm under the assumption that she also loves big brother at the end yeah um it's and so I, I didn't like the ending. <laughs> I, I don't want to say it's realistic because that sounds so sad. But you know what I mean? Where like, rather than a twist kind of positive ending, it's like, no, the party in control remains in control. You are an individual. You did not win. Yeah. Goodbye. Like, that's the story, basically. Like, you can't beat Big Brother. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't love that. This is why I like fantasy because there's always one. I love fantasy with like a badass female protagonist who actually does just overthrow the whole power. Like, yeah, I, I kind of, I think I would have been more disappointed if it was a happy ending, just because it doesn't make sense for the, like the outline of the story of like, oh look you can actually win so I think it makes sense um but it's not very pleasant I guess I don't know I wanted a I I wanted a better happier ending not even happy just happier like Like at least slightly well to be fair I thought they were going to kill him Mm -hmm. so the fact that he's alive Happier. I don't know if that makes it better. I would prefer it if he was dead. <laughs> and like <laughs> died. All right. <laughs> and like died sticking to his morals and died keeping his like freedom of thought. And yeah, but they took him to room 101. You can't win. Yeah, I know, but I just wanted him to. It's <laughs> not that I expected him to. I just I wanted it. I was for the life of me as soon as they were I, naturally I could not guess what was in room 101 because they keep saying you know 
And I was like, no, I don't. And then they, <laughs> I was like, please just tell me. But um, basically it's like your worst fears in room 101. So it depends. For Winston, it was rats. I know, honestly, but like just before you finished, like same train of thought for me, especially because like I said, I was reading this so quickly and I was like, Do, am I supposed to know? Do I know? <laughs> or, did you tell me? Did I miss something? And then I was like, one of those things, you know, when you're reading a book and you like, especially like a harder book to read and you're like, go back to like the beginning of the chapter yes. and you're like, <laughs> what, what did I miss? <laughs> Evidently I missed a lot, but it was just, it was. Yeah. Um, I thought about that and I was like, I would, I would definitely um, crack so fast. I mean, my biggest fear is heights. So I don't know how they would do that. I guess they'd have to take you outside. Yeah. But what Maybe if like VR? 101 sounds like it's on the first floor? So like, <laughs> you're like, flopped. look out the window. <laughs> you're like the horror. I will tell you everything. <laughs> um, yeah, that room creeped me out a little bit. Um, I had no faith in Winston not betraying Julia as soon as you find out that it's like your biggest fear in that room. But like, how could you? Yeah. Would you um, betray me if you had a cage of spiders over your head? Yes. <laughs> no question. <laughs> if there's a spider in my room, <laughs> I'd betray you. <laughs> if there was a spider near me outside, I would sacrifice you. <laughs> I am not strong. <laughs> uh, but, um, Actually, you know what's so funny? Winston thinks. Thank you. Are you you mad because I said I'd betray you? (laughs) I'm getting defensive. (laughs) You're like, how dare you? You know I would try my best to hold out. I don't think I do. (laughs) I like that. You didn't hesitate. (laughs) I won't hesitate. (laughs) Okay, so you know what I found? I had a little laugh about this reading it. Um, so it's on like page 160 or something. Winston's talking about Julia saying how she's smarter than uh, he is. <laughs> talking about the war being fake and stuff. And then Winston's like, this was an idea that had literally never occurred to him. And that just made me think of us with like any plot line of a book. <laughs> any plot twist, even a small one. And we're like, oh my God who would have seen that coming literally everyone else <laughs> rereads the book oh there was like a lot of foreshadowing <laughs> we're so bad for that in Akatar. we're like literally everything is clearly laid out and you're like mm, i did not i didn't see that coming do you have anything else to add i feel like that's all my points i feel like that's it it's just I think this this book is just like one of those books that you have to read to understand. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas like us talking about it is really giving nothing. <laughs> you know, like it usually gives It's one of those little. books that you have to read. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Because like, yes, when we talk about books, a lot of the times what are we saying who knows but like this one in particular (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of nothing happening 
Yeah. It's like, I know that there are people out there who listen to the podcast and like don't read along. They just like. Yeah. Apologies. (laughs) (laughs) We're giving you the worst summary possible. (laughs) And I feel like with other books, especially like the books that we particularly like, we are able to talk about them in such detail for so long. Can't really do that with this one. Um, it's too complex and too dark, especially because we try to keep it lighthearted on the podcast as much as possible. Like, we're just talking about these things and be like, ooh, fun. Let's make a joke and keep our fucking comedy up. Like, no. Um, Do you have a favorite character? No. If you had to pick... <laughs> Who is your favorite character? There's like five characters. Uh, you go first. I need to think. Probably Winston. Yeah, I know. That's just such a basic answer. I was, I was... <laughs> actually right. Big Brother. Big Brother is my favorite character. Really idolized Big Brother. I love Big Brother. Oh my God. So does Winston. Oh my God. We have so much in common. See, that's why he's your favorite character. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. Yeah, no, I did I did like Winston. I was like thinking maybe Julia, but not really. Yeah, it's not like it's it's not one of these books that you like passionately care about a character. Yeah. I don't think that's the point of the book. No. Sorry. It's not like Akatar when we are passionately in love with all of the characters. <laughs> like <laughs> In this one, it's, like, all of the characters, like, because I just, I didn't really like Winston that much. Like, he's my favorite character, but I just, I didn't like him, so it's, like. No, you don't really like him either. It's just kind of, like, have you ever watched Downton Abbey? N- uh, no, actually. No, oh, it's a good, good show. Well, there's a character um, in there who's, who I kind of, like, picture when I see Winston. But, like, the character in Downton Abbey is, like, really nice and friendly and kind and, like, a wonderful person. I also don't know the character or the actor, so. Probably going to cut that out because that was a really redundant point. <laughs> Amazing. I was hoping you would watch the, so- the show so I could like describe him to you, but <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> For those yeah. of you listening, oh God, I don't even know. He's one of like the servant men and he ends up marrying the little blonde woman who's amazing. I don't know any of these character names, by the way. Um, And he's like older and he has like a, a trick leg and he uses like a cane that's how I picture not in personality but in like looks I don't know if I'm even close but for those of you who've read this book and also watched out in Abbey let me know your thoughts please feel free to criticize me actually don't <laughs> I'm sensitive <laughs> they start criticizing you on other things you're like that's <laughs> not what I meant <laughs> um all right, I know you didn't read this book in very much detail. Do you have a favorite line? Probably. You go first again. <laughs> All right. So basically in the torture, part of the uh, like point that they're trying to get across to Winston. Oh, I did have another point. You may continue. Um, not... Uh about like quotes or anything per se but I it's kind of like to do with the language as well but like the fact that they would rewrite books and like 
take old books off of the shelves. Kind of going to tie into our next book talk, obviously. But I found that super fucked up. And again, it's something that happens in today's society, which is like why we're going to talk about it. Like all of the banned books or like controversial books in future. But that's I I do have one of one of my favorite I have two relates exactly to that which is who controls the past controls the future who controls the present controls the past so basically the party would destroy any past books anything that went against what they would say even if they had said it themselves they would change their mind and then destroy everything so they had like full control over all the information that existed um so yeah it was a little bit interesting but my my actual favorite one was it when I, I was saying about like the torture, how they're trying to get Winston to understand that it doesn't matter what he believes. If they tell him something is true, he has to, like, that's it. He has to believe it. So it's something about like two plus two equals five. Yeah. And then so, yeah, my favorite one is in philosophy or religion or ethics or politics, two and two might make five. But when one was designing a gun or an airplane, they had to make four. Interesting. You know, see, um, my like kind of, I gave up trying to find a favorite quote like really early on because I was like, I just need to get this book read. I need to get something in my brain so I can talk about it on the episode. Um, but my kind of favorite quote, and I didn't really realize how important it was until rereading it now because I was when I was talking about how um O'Brien was like a little too laissez-faire about the fact that he was a free thinker um like the only thing that I put down as a favorite quote very early on in the book before the actual like good quotes really like started but um thought crime does not entail death thought crime is death and then below that just to like prove my point even further Winston kind of thinks to himself now that he had recognized himself as a dead man it became important to stay alive as long as possible so like when Winston did that he was like I'm going to die so I need to like try to stay alive as long as possible and you know just I was always a little suspicious of O'Brien anyways um what a read what a read yeah very um complicated definitely an adult book (laughs) i can understand very much why they made us read it in school except they didn't make it make me read it (laughs) i know why maybe i didn't read this in school (laughs) (laughs) honestly this is something that i can see young katrina picking up for a light read because she wanted to seem smart um uh yeah so next book club episode we will be continuing the throne of glass series and reading air of fire by sarah j mass it's the technically the third book in the series um and the thickest one so far very exciting um yeah i'm definitely excited to read an easy book after reading this book one word one that doesn't make me have like an existential crisis every <laughs> two pages 
Fair. Maybe, maybe I should have given you a slight warning what this <laughs> book was about. <laughs> I was really like, hey, read this. Read this. It's super good. It's, you're, you'll like it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you're like... I did, um, but... Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> if you want to follow us on social media, it's at BookBevies for Instagram and Twitter and BookBevies at gmail.com for longer email inquiries. And <clears throat> I can't, I'm not good at this today. Um, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and subscribe to our Patreon for ad-free episodes or ads a day early. Not ads a day early, episodes <laughs> a day early. <laughs> We're actually Do you just gonna ad? give you ads. <laughs> Here's an hour long episode of just ads. You're welcome. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Yes. Thanks for listening. Great review, subscribe, Patreon. You know the drill. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all. <laughs> Apologies for this mild chaos today. If you've been listening, you you yeah, you should. Yeah. You said know. <laughs> what? Leave me alone. But okay, let's just end it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.